All right, let's admit parenting is hard. It is hard. And wouldn't it be amazing if you had a coach, an advisor, or somebody who's been through it to help you, especially if you're adopting children, either from our country or from other countries? They have all different kinds of concerns that they bring with them. And how do you integrate that into your family? Let's find out some tips. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. All right. Hello, Giant Builders. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. And I just want to remind you that we would really love for you to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and like this video because that lets you know that another video is out. And then you can see all of our wonderful shorts. We have a lot of shorts just to kind of review highlights of our episodes. So today our guest is Dawn Baggett and she's from Alabama. She has this lovely little Southern accent. So we'll enjoy this. Hi Dawn, how are you? Hello, how are you? All right. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? All right. So I'm a post-adoption coach, and that's after many years in parenting my uh, rather large family, a family of nine, and our four youngest uh, children were adopted all from Russia. And so I have a variety of experiences, not only mine and then other people's that I have connected with over the years and um and so now i'm pouring that all into coaching what i call second moms other adoptive moms or other moms like stepmoms or kindred kindred care moms who are raising children of their own that is a big family (laughs) (laughs) um all right well walk me through this process or all right mentally Well, and your children came from Russia, so I'm assuming you probably had to work with the language barrier at first as well? Absolutely. I called it the language wars (laughs) because it really was so crazy at first. We did have some functional language, Russian, that we had, you know, studied and learned kind of, you know, really quickly just getting ready to bring these kids in. Um, And also we, we learned that it was very important for them to keep their Russian language as long as possible as they were learning English. Um, And so that was, you know, a goal that we had. And so we really did work hard on that. Um, I do remember the day when out in the yard, our three started speaking to each other. I I was like listening out the front door and they were all in the yard together. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they're speaking to each other in English and not Russian today. And that was a turning point. Uh All right. But we kept it going as long as they kept it going. And then they just, they weren't interested anymore. Okay. And then my youngest is deaf. And so we had oh. a different type of language wars. With him. Okay. <laughs> oh, another language there. Yeah. yeah. So, so how old were the children when you adopted them? All right. So the oldest, when we got three at one time, they were sibling group, uh, nine and uh nine and five and four by the time we went through the whole adoption process and they actually, you know, became our, our children legally. And then uh, the, the little deaf son that we have that we went back for later was also four when, when he finally got through. 
the process. Okay. So we're, we're looking at beyond baby stage. So, right. so they have a comprehension of what's that the world around them is different. Exactly. How do, you, how do you integrate that? Because I mean, going from Russia to America, I would, I mean, I've not been to Russia yet, but I would assume that's a big change. It is. And not only going from country to country, but going from orphanage life to family life. And I would say that's the biggest culture shock that they actually had. And so, um, but yes, we tried to incorporate and, um, you know, keep their, their heritage, you know, as part of their life. And, and, you know, we would have a lot of, um, we, we discovered, uh, Atlanta market where they had, you know, foods and things from all over the world. And we were able to get some, you know, Russian delicacies and foods and snacks and different things to incorporate. And then some, in, you know, different, um, just different recipes that we would use anytime we'd have a celebration. Um, we had a couple of favorites that we liked and over the years and it really, it just, it was something that we worked really, really hard on. We did a lot of in the early years, but as they got more acclimated to this culture, some of that kind of fell away, you know, just because they weren't interested in it anymore. All right. As a mom, give me an idea of what goes through your head just before you bring these three precious children into your life. Oh, my goodness. Oh, lots of things. <laughs> lots of things probably went through my head. I really can't even remember them all. I know we were just really, really uh, trusting God to make everything happen and take care of us throughout the long process. And it was a it was a huge undertaking and a huge process. Um, you know, in, in so many different ways, um, logistically, financially, um, emotionally, uh, just everything. But um, overall, we were just thrilled to be able to be in a position. And we just felt like God chose us, you know, to do this wonderful, you know, have this wonderful opportunity for our family to grow in that way. And so um, I guess one of the things would have been the impact that it had not only on the new children, but on the, the children we already had. So that was the concern. And, you know, and it, it was a concern that we had, but not, not so much, you know, we kind of, we didn't realize the impact that it really was going to have on them as time went on. Uh, some of the negative impacts we didn't really realize. We just kind of thought, well, kids are resilient and they are, but, um, but there's a big impact as well. And so that was, there's a lot of things that I probably expected that didn't happen and things that I didn't expect that did happen. Okay. And so how old were your children when you brought the the other children home? I'm going to have to do the math. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I had another nine-year-old. So I had, I okay. had one that turned nine right as we were checking out of the embassy um, in Russia. That was her birthday. And, um, and we we're trying to find a birthday cake in Russia and we managed, managed to find one at one of the little local grocery stores and then had a bigger birthday party when we got home. So she turned nine. My, my youngest bio kid was already nine. And so they, we teased them that they were twins for just a few months out of the year. They didn't really like that. But <laughs> so a, a nine-year-old, um, let's see, 14-year-old and 16-year-old. No. 17 year old. <laughs> okay. So they're all spread out. Yeah. And then my oldest just turned 33 um, this month. And so, and I just turned 60. So 
Okay. And now my youngest is 16. So, well, welcome to the 60 club. It's not too bad. <laughs> not so much. I've already got the gray hair. <laughs> Tell me, what would you do differently if you were going to give, adopt children now? Now, knowing what you know, what would you do? Knowing what I know now, what would I do differently at like at the beginning, right? Yeah. At the beginning, I think I would. I, I think I would get everybody into counseling right away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and just, you know, and just have that kind of in my back pocket, no matter what was going on, you know. <laughs> but the support is is one of the things that I think is a gap for um, what I call second moms, adoptive moms and other moms in similar situations, that the support is just, you, you think you have all this support and you do, but then sometimes it's not the kind of support that you really need because people don't really necessarily understand what you're going through because they haven't experienced it, obviously. And so, you know, if you're if your circles are made up of people that are not in a similar situation, then you need to look outside of that circle, maybe perhaps to get the kind of support that you need. And so that's that's really what my goal is with what I'm doing now. So it seems like you have like two families here because you have your biological children who are like in the high school range almost and then you have this whole younger group coming in um was there a lot of mental preparedness for you to go back to a younger age group of children to bring them up to your high school not really because it was just kind of more expansive we just expanded i guess our you know our what we encompassed with our family but um we did have, you know, the older kids and the younger kids. And it was kind of like there was a division there. We we kind of had it divided into three. There were the younger ones, the middle ones, and then the older ones. And sometimes the middle ones would sway one way. Sometimes they would sway the other way. So, and we did a lot of divide and conquer. You go with these, I'll go home with these, or I'll stay with these. And you do that, you know. Yeah, because there's not a lot of cars that fit that many people. <laughs> we did have a nice big car. I love my car. <laughs> Um, but during the during the years when everybody was home or when most everybody was home, there was a lot of managing and a lot of um, just, you know, putting out fires, if you would, not real fires, but, you know, putting out the little eruptions here and there, the squabbles and and what have you and complaints and this and that and the other needs. And um, and during the midst of all that, we had some pretty serious, um, I say pretty, re really serious uh, health issues and crisis times that were, you know, that's all we could do was just try to manage and get through it and support each other the best we could. Um, and, you know, the more people that you have to to support you, but that's better. But the more people that you have to manage, that's kind of stretching you thin. So there was a lot of ups and downs throughout the years. Um, uh, two of my daughters had Lyme disease and a lot of complicating issues with that. Uh, one of my uh, adopted sons had a, a brain tumor, had to have that removed. Uh, it was having, you know, life-threatening seizures. Um, you know, just different big things that we had to deal with. We had elderly parents that passed on that there was some caretaking involved with that. Um, just, you know, things that one of those things would have been a lot for, for anybody to deal with. And then we ended up having a lot of those things. And I think that's just what you have when you have a larger family, you have more stuff, but when you have, um, children that come from a trauma background, 
especially attachment trauma and especially from an orphanage background then that are trying to acclimate to a family situation it really does compound things mm-hmm. um because you know nothing's really a given because they don't view they, they don't have the background to understand and, and to have the same kind of view of, of family and those types of things how well did they integrate into school was that a challenge we homeschooled at the time and so we we tried to continue that as best we could. There was a, at, at the beginning, we, there was some kind of a special school, I would say a private little special school that had sprung up uh, sort of near us. It, it was a little bit of a too much travel, but my husband traveled all the time anyway. And he, so the two, two of them would go to that. And that was a Russian speaking school or it started out that way, but it, that didn't last very long. And then they all came back to homeschool. And so that was something that, you know, I knew how to do. And we homeschooled for several years until um, there was a time where it just became impossible to homeschool. Behaviors had just went up through the roof and there were so many um, challenges that it, it became impossible, even though I'm still a big advocate for homeschool and love homeschool and love the lifestyle. If, if it works, if it doesn't work, I'm glad we have choices. So uh, we did end up after we moved from homeschooling to not homeschooling, we put my deaf child in um, in the deaf school, which has really, really helped him because he really needed more of that immersion into deaf culture and language. And we um, one of my child children who was having some behavioral problems ended up going into public school, uh, first an alternative school, then public school and back and forth. And uh, one of my children who didn't didn't was not somebody that we felt would thrive in public school or even private school out of the home ended up doing online school online public school actually it really really worked out very well for him and they were able to do special needs um special education testing and accommodations for him so that worked out really well so I just love that we have options and that we have so many things to choose from you know that we didn't used to have yeah in my day (laughs) So what does the first meeting look like to you as far as if um, like should somebody contact you after they adopt children, before they adopt children? What what's the best? Yeah, so if I would do if I was doing post-adoption coaching, it would be after. After okay. you had adopted and then you contact me and we talk about where you are, you know, and there's like seven phases of this complex adoptive family life. And so which phase are you in or which one are you moving into with your child or your children? And, you know, what kind of um, challenges are, are common? You know, they may not seem common in the larger population, but they're common, more common than you probably realize in this population. And so what kind of challenges are you having? And are they something that we see, you know, in patterns across the board? And, you know, what do we see moving into the next phase? And how can we help you with that? Do most people go through all the phases? I'm sorry? Do most people go through all of the seven phases? Yeah, you do. Um, the, The seven phases kind of parallel what other families go through, but they're a little bit different in that there's different challenges. So you've got like, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you've got like, you know, the younger child and the elementary age child and the adolescent, which is a lot of times where behaviors kind of blow up normally, but even more so if you have children that they're still very, very, they have this mixed maturity. Maybe they're mature in some ways, even more mature because of what they've been through, but then maybe they're less mature and less emotionally 
stable even sometimes. So some of the challenges that you have with that mixed maturity, a lot of that does blow up in adolescence and even into young adulthood. And then established adult is what we're going through. So, our, you know, going forward, that's our goal. But those are, you know, the, the stages have different, sometimes different um, challenges. They look different. The behaviors look different. So I see that your tagline is standing in the gap for second moms. Can you expand on that for me? Sure. And so standing in the gap for second moms, I've really identified this gap that um, that a lot of times, maybe not all the time, but sometimes second moms, adoptive moms go through. And that is the gap between where you're noticing that, you know, something is a little bit more off or different than than other families are going through with their child at that same stage. And you just feel like there's something wrong and you're you're looking, you're reaching for help and you keep hitting those brick walls. Um, maybe it's because, you know, you're just being dismissed. Oh, they'll grow out of it. Oh, it's just a phase. And you're really, really hitting those brick walls when you're looking for support. And so that's that gap where you're looking for the support, you need the support, and it's really not there, or at least it's not there in a way that's effective and helpful to you. Oh, great. All right. Well, I would say what a blessing you are to all these children. I mean, that is really exciting. Any closing thoughts? Well, that's the thing, you know, you're helping by helping the mom, you do help the children, you do help the family. And so sometimes mom is the last to get the support and the need. And I think moms really need that, that extra little helping hand. For sure. All right. Well, I will have your contact information below. And I really appreciate your time and just what a blessing you are to not only your family, but all those others who are looking into or have adopted children. That is really exciting. Well, thank you. And we do have a free Facebook group if anyone's interested. So um, you can get that, get that join link and, um, and hop in our circle of second moms. Okay. <laughs> all right. Jan Builders, the link will be below. So make sure to check it out. All right. Well, thank you, Dawn. Have a wonderful day. See you next Tuesday, Giant Builders. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.